White Rose Resistance Hour here on Republic Broadcasting Network, and we have a great show for you today. Uh, the show that we promised uh, a couple weeks ago with Diego Rodriguez, uh, the family of Baby Cyrus, with the parents uh, Levi and Marissa. So we're just really happy to have them on today. And I want to thank first of all Stuart Howe for letting me guest host uh, the show today. I believe this is show number seventy-one, and uh, Stuart's been doing a. Re- hosting the show so uh, you know I want to talk really quickly about what's happening here in uh, North Idaho and uh, we may have a poor connection here with the Skype I'm not sure if you can hear me but uh, we have in Coeur d'Alene Idaho we have something called Gundalane and this was started back in uh, 2020 uh, after the death of George Floyd 
We had threats of Antifa coming to our town in Coeur d'Alene. And we also had uh, Black Lives Matter that was there protesting in our town. And the people responded in force, well, basically in force, by showing up downtown Coeur d'Alene completely armed. This was in June of 2020. And that really set a precedent for the patriots in North Idaho, just, you know, as a platform for us to stand up for our rights and liberty. So we're having the next gun, we're having the next gun to lane on August 13th, which is a Saturday. It's two weeks from today. So if you're in North Idaho and you're looking to, for something to do to, to uh, express your concerns, we're going to have a, a live platform, a platform for people to speak publicly and express their concerns. So it's the first and second amendment event. Uh, so it's going to make the communist jobs even harder as far as trying to attack us for exercising our liberties. So again, that's August 13th in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. It's called Gundalane. Uh, it's being sponsored by the Panhandle Patriot Riding Club. And I would encourage you, if you're in North Idaho in the area and you would like to come out, please show up on August 13th. We're planning to start at 1 p.m. and we're going to meet at the, the nearby park, McEwen Park, and we'll mainly be on Sherman Avenue uh, expressing our Second Amendment and our First Amendment. So please join us on August 13th, uh, two weeks from today. So I want to go ahead and turn turn the show over here to our guests. We have uh, Diego Rodriguez, who's the grandfather of baby Cyrus. Uh, we also have the parents, Levi and Marissa, uh, of baby Cyrus here on the line with us. So I'm going to bring bring you all on here one at a time. We'll start with uh, Diego. Are you there, Diego? I'm here, brother. Good to hear from you, man. Appreciate you having us here on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. We, you know, and you had, I believe you have some updates, correct? Uh, as far as the baby Cyrus situation. Uh, yeah, we'll let Marissa and Levi talk about baby Cyrus and how he's doing and, you know, uh, okay. how he's getting better, yeah. but still how it's going with a particular case. But on our side, you know, the, the, what's still left to talk about is, uh, basically everything going on legally and the reality of the lack of the rule of law in Idaho and Ada County specifically. And what the retribution is by the powers that be, particularly from the governor's office, the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare, the Meridian Police Department, Idaho State Police, and on and on. I mean, it's just a giant cabal of corrupt, uh, well, I had to watch what I was about to say right there because I was going to go over the edge, <laughs> but it's just some of the most corrupt human beings on the planet, and they are all consolidated there in Ada County. Yeah, and this is a free speech platform, so you can speak your mind. Um, but I actually, before we get into the baby Cyrus story, I kind of want to lay this out a little bit because, uh, I was able to meet, you know, yourself, uh, Levi and Marissa two years ago, but really kind of at the start of when people's rights got its start. And I wanted to kind of lay it out for people and kind of explain to them. So they understand that, that a lot of this seems like it to me anyway, that it seems like it was, a, you know, a, pl a political ordeal. Um, so I think it's important for us to talk about the backstory a little bit and then talk about the baby Cyrus uh, situation. So, um, you know, uh, Levi and Marissa, are you there? Yes, we are. Hi, Casey. Thank you for inviting hey, me. Hey, Marissa. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Uh, and so I, I just want to really quickly, it was really great to, to, to meet you guys back in, uh, I believe it was June of 2020 when I, we hosted, I had a, an event called Liberate America, uh, in Kootenai County at the fairgrounds. Uh, Idaho was coming out of stage two into stage three, and we were actually allowed to have more people come together, essentially. So we, were, we had this event at the fairgrounds called Liberate America. We had a bunch of speakers, Ammon Bundy, Joey Gibson, Tom Deweese of the American Policy Center, 
Uh, we had Sarah Brady, who's an, another victim uh, in Idaho, who's being affected by the state. Uh, it was a really great event. We raised $3,000, and we donated that to Jeanette Finnicum for the Lavoie Finnicum Legal Fund, and she was very happy about that. And it was a free event. So I just want to thank you guys for being there. It was really a, an awesome time. It was great to meet you all. So thanks for, thanks for coming to Coeur d'Alene uh, back in June of 2020. I'm sure you remember that. Yes, we it definitely was remember. We definitely want to. Uh, yeah, great definitely want to say thank you for having all of us. Yeah, sorry to kind of not uh, point out who should <laughs> who I'm addressing that to. Um, but uh, yeah, it was really a great event, and that's kind of where we, you know, people's rights was just getting started. And so, Am, so uh, Diego, you you worked with Ammon to basically help get people's rights started, correct? Can you tell us a little bit about that? So so, yeah, what I'd like to, to definitely highlight here on this particular interview, since uh, we've been fortunate to have a lot of media interviews since Baby Cyrus was kidnapped, and that is literally the reason why, um, amongst other things, that, uh, that there was justice, because um, I hate to tell the people of Idaho this, but we no longer live in a country where there's a rule of law. We just don't. If you think that America is a free country and that we're losing our freedoms, you're so far behind the eight ball that I don't know if you can catch up. We're not losing our freedoms already lost. You have to ask for permission to do anything. You're no longer free. And America is unfortunately no longer free. I mean, you just said it yourself that we were coming out of stage two, so we were permitted to have more people to come. I mean, everything now in America is permission-based. You can't even sell milk to your neighbor without getting permission from the government. That's how non-free we are. And COVID exacerbated this and highlighted this for so many of us. And when people's rights uh, originally got started, um, it was uh, the brainchild of Ammon Bundy, who's a friend of ours, and we, we met Ammon as a result of uh, COVID. And by that, I mean the COVID lockdowns absolutely drove me insane. I said, this is way, I mean, we all know that we're losing our, our, our liberties, our freedoms, but this is now far beyond the pale. And we came unglued. Um, at the time that it, the first lockdown happened, I was out of town. And my son-in-law, Levi, who's here right on the phone, um, he can tell you that you know he he heard that Ammon Bundy was having some event and he you know called me to ask me about hey have you heard of this guy and I'm like yeah I've heard of him I've never got to meet him but he's a he's a folk hero man man I tell the story of 2014 because I knew the story of Bunkerville I knew the story of Malheur I didn't know the story of Malheur correctly but I knew who Ammon was I'd never met him in person but I knew who he was so I said you guys absolutely have to go go meet him see what in the world's going on over there and so uh, they went they went to his his first meeting that he had, I don't remember if it was in his house or his warehouse or, or where have you, but they can, they can answer that because I wasn't in town. When I got back in town, we got together. He felt like he was my long-lost brother, like he was my brother from another mother, and we became uh, uh, fast friends ever since. And he had this whole idea to start this network called People's Rights, which um, if I could speak on his behalf, and he's not here, but he could correct me later if I get it wrong, he really got this vision for preserving rights, and there's a thunderstorm here in the background. If you hear some explosions, that's all that is. Don't worry about it. But uh, he had this this revelation, if you will, when he was there in Nevada. And we all know what the Second Amendment says, and we all understand what a militia is, and we all understand what our rights are. Um, and most of us who are probably listening to this station understand that these must exist in order to secure a free state. However, so many people are really confused about what a militia is and what it meant in the context in which it was written. And what Ammon told me 
was that when he saw over 3,000 Americans show up to stand in between him, his family, and over 200 agents from all these different alphabet you know, agencies, NSA and CIA and whoever else all showed up, BLM and, and whatnot, there were five or six different agencies, if I remember correctly, that showed up to uh, attack his family and kill, the, uh, kill all the, the livestock that were on his father's ranch threaten them, attack him, body slam his aunt, tase Ammon three times, attack his brother, have sniper dots on the children and their family. I mean, that all actually happened in America for people who don't know or don't remember. And the only reason why they weren't killed or murdered, like happened in Waco, like happened up there in Ruby Ridge, which is up there by where you guys are at, was because those 3,000 Americans showed up to defend the rights of their fellow Americans. And Ammon shared with me that he recognized on that moment, he got a realization what the militia really was. He said, that's the militia right there. The militia is our brothers and sisters, our fellow patriots, our fellow Americans, standing up to defend one another's rights. Because what he learned over the years fighting the system is that you can't trust the system. There's no justice in the system. We have corruption at every single level of government, the executive branch and the, and the judicial branch. In the legislative branch, if you think that you can trust cops, you're, you're foolish. If you think you can trust uh, the justice system and judges, you're foolish. If you think you can trust politicians, oh, my goodness. Um, I, I got a, I've got a swampland in Arizona I need to sell. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just a measure of ignorance that's beyond the pale. So where then can we get justice? We only can get justice and or protection from our brothers and sisters. And so he recognized that the real need and, and the real difference between, say, Waco and Ruby Ridge and Nevada, the Bunkerville event with the Bundys, was communication. They were able to communicate with everybody via Facebook at the time, and that's what made all the difference. However, since then, we know, you know, uh, Facebook and social media is not our ally. We need our own communication system. And so Ammon had this wonderful brainchild, this beautiful idea to build a communication system and a communication network where people of precious faith, like precious faith, who have the same belief system, and even those who don't have the same belief system for, say, religious issues or other family issues, but who all at least agree that we should be defending one another's constitutional rights. People who at the very least agree, like our founding fathers did, that the Constitution is the basis of our society, and that we all need to respect it, and that we'll protect one another's rights, and we need to have a way to protect one another's rights by communicating emergency issues so that people can come together and defend one another's rights. And, of course, people are only going to be willing to defend one another's rights if they know one another. So the first thing is, let's build this network, let people get to know one another, having regular meetings, knowing who each other are, and agree to use this communication network just for the purpose of protecting one another's rights. It doesn't he didn't want it to be a political action committee. He didn't want it to be, um, you know, another type of political movement or anything of that sort. It's just there to protect one another's rights. And I really believe the Baby Cyrus case was the ultimate demonstration of the effectiveness of that. Uh, because it was people's rights members, including Ammon himself, on the night that Baby Cyrus was forcefully kidnapped at gunpoint by Meridian police officers, uh, that went immediately to the hospital. We're talking at 2 in the morning, people showed up, and they started protesting for Baby Cyrus. And the next day, over 400 people showed up to the hospital, and this protesting continued for a week until they couldn't handle it anymore, and they gave Baby Cyrus back. 
And yes, this was beyond the People's Rights Network, but it started with the People's Rights Network, and we cannot thank uh, the People's Rights members enough, and I can't encourage people enough to get involved all over the country. This network is nationwide, and if you are afraid that your rights could be violated for any reason whatsoever, um, there is no better insurance program than knowing your neighbors, knowing your brothers and sisters, knowing your fellow Americans, knowing your fellow patriots, knowing them by name and faith, and being able to instantly communicate with them so that they can come to your defense and you can come to their defense when your rights are being violated. So that's kind of the, the, the long story short. There's obviously lots of details there involved, but that's what it was, this communication system. Um, we met you, I believe, Casey, through that network. You came down to one of the meetings there at uh, Ammon's Warehouse, and I think yep. that's where we first met. Yeah, absolutely. I was there on April 30th, 2020 to, to document. I filmed the event. It's on my YouTube channel, North Idaho Exposed. So kind of an interesting uh, video, you know, after a couple of years to, to have that, um, to, to check it out um, before people's rights was, was what it is now. But people's rights is also, we're now in Canada and we're trying to get people to sign up in Canada. So if you're in Canada, you're listening to this, go to peoplesrights.ca. Um, and People's Rights does have a, uh, 60,000 people so far signed up. Uh, that's as of January. Um, and we're growing. And so we we'll just encourage people to, to sign up because this may be the global tool that helps, you know, free mankind, really, honestly. Um, because, you know, that it just, the baby Cyrus story just really spoke to how effective People's Rights is. And, you know, I think we, we have been a pain, uh, a thorn in the side of the state for the last two years. And I, I really, do you feel like this is a some sort of political motivation behind the, you know, why the CPS, the Child Protective Services, got involved with Baby Cyrus? Um, yes and no, and, and let me kind of give you some details of what I mean by yes and no. First, let me just kind of go back for those who are wondering how it all actually worked out, went down. I'll give them a super quick overview. When Baby Cyrus was kidnapped, and for those who want to know the exact story about how that all happened, there's no time for us to review it here, but they can go to our website. Let's let Marissa explain. Uh, just, I'm sorry. Let's let Marissa explain. Uh, you know, the when the police got involved and all that. But uh, yeah, yeah, if you just want to pass yeah, it off so to her, we'll let her um, talk about that. But yeah, we'll let her talk about that. So when it all happened, um, we instantly got on our cell phones and we all use a communications um, tool through through basically through the tool that's been provided by People's Rights, um, which is through text message and the Signal app. And we sent out an alert. We sent out an alert to everybody that is in our area. And so the People's Rights Network system notifies everybody who's within your, you know, your, your local area. And it says, here's what happened. You know, baby Cyrus was kidnapped. We need your support. Please come out and support. And this message was sent out around midnight, I believe, on, on the night of March 11th, and which would be Friday night. And so literally within minutes, brother, even at that hour, People's Rights members were showing up to the gas station where Levi, Marissa, and the rest of our family were pulled over by the police officers, and they were there filming and supporting. There wasn't a lot of them. There was a half a dozen or more, but they were there at that moment, and then more people started showing up over time. And by the time they had kidnapped baby Cyrus, which was you know a little over an hour or two later, and they took him to St. Luke's Hospital, um, Ammon had been notified by then, and he had a, a bunch of people who uh, followed him to the hospital and so people were there just by virtue of text messaging okay can you hold it right there Diego we gotta take a break uh, we'll be right back here on the White Rose Resistance Hour on RBN
For the past 14 years, it's been my privilege to host the National Intel Report on RBN, to offer a platform to interview exceptional guests, to provoke critical thought, and examine evidence, whether real, fake, or somewhere in between, and allow our audience to call in and participate with your input and questions in order to help us all reach an educated decision and arrive at our own truth. Our world has changed. It's now been turned on its head. Real is now considered fake and mainstream fake is now pushed as real, rather, rather than, than any, any clear, clear thinking, thinking consensus, consensus, or rationale. Those few remaining beacons of light, the ones still shining through the mainstream media lies, propaganda, and deception, are being viciously attacked at every level through attempts at censorship, threatening advertisers, jailing hosts, and even killing journalists brave enough to speak the truth to you. We are in a war for our very freedom and existence, and through these despicable acts, freedom haters, collectivists, and communitarians have shown they will stop at nothing to blot out these last few beacons of light. Truth is becoming increasingly more difficult to unmask, just as the term unmasking itself is spoken by those usually anonymous sources. They promote their lies, wishing to mask the truths by ignoring it, vilifying it, or conspiratorializing it into a black hole abyss. Regrettably, RBN has reached reached the the tipping tipping point, point, and through internal audit and actuarial review, it has now been determined that the only life raft of survival to this network is to go the way of PBS, that being audience-supported like a cornered animal. The left with veracity is pulling out all the stops with every effort to effectively blacken our beacon forever. Help us, folks. Help yourselves. Don't let our light stop shining. Our motto has always been, because you can handle the truth. It's time to review your budget, folks. If you want the truth to keep flowing through RBN, go to republicbroadcasting.org and become a regular monthly donor of 30, 40, 50, or 100 or more a month and ensure you keep the truth flowing. Have you been looking for a trusted, long-term, storable food company? We have a solution for you. Simply Clean Foods is dedicated to providing the best quality food you can buy next to fresh from a farmer's market. Our line of resealable fruits, vegetables, and meats are suitable for everyday use, and you won't have to worry about throwing away valuable groceries ever again. Our food is completely GMO-free, and our stringent quality controls, plus testing for heavy metals, makes us unique in the storable foods market. Simply Clean Foods' primary focus is to bring clean food to people all around the world and change the way we look at freeze-dried food in our daily cooking. When you purchase from Simply Clean Foods, not only will you be receiving high-quality food, but you will also be supporting veterans in need across the country and those who are affected by natural disasters. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on Long-Term Food Storage in the Rotating Sponsors banners to support RBN. Simply Clean Foods. Do it today. Welcome back to the White Rose Resistance Hour here on Republic Broadcasting Network. And let's make sure that we support this great free speech platform and make sure that the next generation can listen to RBN, too. It's so important. It really is. I, I, I love RBN. Um, I, I'm sure you do, too. That's why you're listening. Uh, we got to make sure that this network stays around for a while. So please uh, support the network by going to republicbroadcasting.org. And I would also like to take your questions at some point. So uh, I do want to lay this out a little bit so you can give us maybe uh, another 15, 20 minutes before you call in uh, the number, or maybe at least 15 minutes. 
The number to call in is 512-248-8252. That's 512-248-8252. If you have to call in toll-free, that number is 800-313-9443. That's 1-800-313-9443. And let's, let's get back to Diego. Diego, do you want to finish off what you're saying there and, and uh, kind of hand it off to Marissa to explain uh, her encounter with police? Absolutely. So the question that we were then about to finish off was, do we think that this is politically motivated? It's a question people ask a lot. And I would say initially, I do not think it was. Initially, I think it's just the pure corruption of CPS that's going on every day in Idaho, four times a day. Every day in Idaho, four children are stolen, kidnapped by force from their parents for money. It's child trafficking at its core, at its root. It's happening every single day. It happened every day up to baby Cyrus. It's happened every day since baby Cyrus. It's going on right now as we speak. So I think it started off that way. However, once the police officers first came to my house and recognized who we were, uh, I know that they recognized who I am, and then I know they recognized from there my connection to Ammon. This was the Meridian Police Department. And just by way of remembrance for those who, who remember this, when Sarah Brady was arrested for being outside at the park in the afternoon on an open free day, um, and she was arrested by that you know Meridian Sergeant Brandon Fiscus, who's nothing more than a fat meathead thug, um, immediately, within hours, a bunch of people's rights members went to his house to protest at his very house. Well, I was the very first one to show up on the scene there. When you see the film and you see the footage of that event, you'll see that I was there. Ammon came as well. Um, Ammon spoke very forcefully there. Um, there was a showing a boy, I don't know, nearly 100 people there. And so uh, at that point, you know, Ammon, Ammon was already marked, but then I became part of, you know, the, uh, I guess, those who would be considered, as has been printed before, his entourage. And so they saw me as being a threat as well. And so they already knew who I was. We, of course, have a uh, a very large footprint there in terms of our, our opposition to the governor. We're the ones who post the website bradlittleisadisgrace.com. Um, we've done a lot in opposition to the governor and all the, the rhinos in government there, including Scott Bedke and the rest of them. So, yes, they knew who I was. The Meridian Police Department already knew who I was because of that history with Sergeant Brandon Fiscus. Uh, they also already know who Ammon is. Also, Marissa um, is also, um, you know, an enemy of, of the police department there because it was in Ammon's trespassing case um, when he was trespassed unlawfully and illegally, in my opinion, and in the opinion of anybody who's looked at it, because he was in a public room in a public building at the Capitol. He was told to leave. He didn't leave, so they trespassed him. And there was, a, and also Aaron Von Schmidt was trespassed as well. And one of the Idaho State Police officers came and testified under oath, swearing under oath, that he, that he told Aaron Schmidt to his face, who was sitting in this particular seat right here on the diagram, and he refused to leave the building when he told them to, and he swore, uh, you know, on the Bible and under oath that that's what he saw and that's what happened and that's what took place. Marissa, however, was in the building at the time. She filmed it, and she came up later to testify saying that everything that the police officer said was a lie, and here's the video to prove it. And so she proved with her testimony and her video evidence that the police officer lied under oath and they actually forced the police officer to come back the next day and recant and say, I was wrong. Oh, I'm sorry. And so Marissa 
forced the police officer to come back to demonstrate publicly that he was a liar under oath. And, of course, these cops have, you know, they, they mark you. So when you take a look at the fact that Marissa herself um, is a target, I'm a target, and Emma's a target, once they knew who we were, then, yes, I do believe that they were over the top and above the board um, in terms of their aggressive nature in pursuing baby Cyrus, breaking every rule and law imaginable, as people who've read the case have already seen and now know, and I believe that's the reason why. You still there, Casey? Yes, I'm sorry. I was muted there. Um, but let's go to Marissa now. Let's let's have her explain what happened that the night of with baby Cyrus. And Marissa, if you hear music, we do have to go to a break uh, in the next minute or two. So uh, we'll be back after that with a longer uh, segment. So can you tell us what happened the night after you left Diego's? You guys had dinner at Diego's house. And can you tell us about that night? Absolutely. So we actually uh, were meeting some family friends for dinner at their house. Uh, and the friend that we were meeting was an ex-police officer who I wanted to speak with that night after uh, hearing from CPS and knowing that, oh, we're going to go ahead and go to break. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I can't, it's hard for me to hear the music, but if you hear the music, we're going to go to break and we'll be back with uh, Diego, Levi, and Marissa discussing the baby Cyrus situation here on the White Rose Resistance Hour. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Hey gang, Patrick Slattery here with an important message that is pertinent to anyone who shops for groceries, eats food, or just has an inquisitive mind like myself. What I'm about to introduce you to is a segment of our food culture that has been kept so low profile to the American public that virtually no one is aware of how dominant it is on our refrigerator and cupboard shelves. What I'm talking about is the kosher certification industry and a new app, Koshertified, that delivers a comprehensive education on all aspects regarding this little-known practice. After reviewing this app, I found that it is useful for practically anyone who purchases food regardless of their religious faith or identity. Its database of products not kosher certified is a win-win convenience for all food-conscious people. So why not check out thekosherquestion.com or click on the link at nationalbugle.com and see how modifying your grocery shopping with the Certified app can make a huge difference for your future. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? 
You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee by going to rbnhemppaste.com and ordering a trial pack of happy packets for $5 with free shipping. That's rbnhemppaste.com. American Freedom News is your daily website that will keep you fully informed on what both the good guys and bad guys are doing in the information war in which we are all engaged. Fed up with the lies of the fake news media and the censorship of big tech giants? American Freedom News is the solution as we provide truth and knowledge on all the vital issues of the day. American Freedom News believes in America first. The establishment wants us split into numerous hostile groups rather than uniting in a common cause against the corrupt oligarchy that is plundering America and the world. Many more Americans are waking up and realizing they are the victims of the ongoing Great Replacement and Great Reset. But the malevolent forces trying to systematically destroy America can and will be defeated. Be fully informed by reading American Freedom News, the best news and information site on the Internet. Go to AmericanFreedomNews.us and find out for yourself. That's AmericanFreedomNews.us. Meanwhile, back in the year one, when you belonged to no one, you didn't stand a chance, son. If your pants were undone, 'cause you were bred for humanity and sold to society. All right, welcome back to the White Rose Resistance Hour here on Republic Broadcasting Network, and we're joined again by Diego Rodriguez, Levi, and Marissa, who are uh, the parents of baby Cyrus uh, in the state of Idaho after Idaho CPS essentially kidnapped their child uh, and, and grandbaby. And so, Marissa, can you continue where you were uh, left off as far as the night that baby Cyrus was basically taken from you with the police? Absolutely. So um, we left off talking about um, our dinner plans that night with our friend who was an ex-police officer. And we were there at his house. Um, My husband, myself, the baby, um, and my dad were there as well. And uh, I asked him, you know, I told him the events of that day and what had happened and asked him if he thought the officers would be able to Uh, take the baby from us or um, kind of how they would handle things on their end, uh, the police officers. And and he said that he's seen babies in his time as an officer. He's seen children in terribly abusive situations that they weren't able to remove from the parents because they needed a warrant and there were uh, steps they had to take and they couldn't just take the baby. So he assured me that there was no reasonable cause. They had no reason to come after the baby and that we would be completely fine. So we left his house um, in separate cars there. I was in the truck with my husband and my sister was in the front seat. And as we were pulling out, we realized that there was uh, a patrol car parked um, just adjacent to Levi's truck that was watching us there. And he watched us load up and pull out of our friend's house. Uh, so when we pulled out, he pulled behind us, um, and my sister called my dad, who was driving in front of us in another car, and she was like, Dad, uh, there's an officer following us. And then at that time, there was a second one that pulled in front. So now, um, you know, there's two officers following us. 
So my dad says, all right, just pull into this gas station right there, um, and I'll come back around. So we pull into the gas station, um, and by the time I looked up, there were already four officers um, that had pulled in. They just kind of started coming in diagonally, what felt like from all angles. Um, and at that point, I kind of knew, okay, this is this is pretty serious. Um, and immediately, we reached out to the People's Rights Network. My sister actually got in contact with Ammon. Um, he got on the phone and just asked me what's going on. Um, and I told him what was happening, and he said, okay, just, um, you know, do what you know you have to do, but you need to get on Facebook and live stream it. Um, and I was like, okay, I'll just, you know, I'll video record it. And he was like, no, you need to live stream it so people can watch what's happening. So I live streamed it. They went ahead and um, I started live streaming on Facebook. An alert was sent out to the People's Rights um, Network in our area. And then, I mean, I remember within, it was probably within five minutes of, of that phone call with Ammon, I saw cars pulling in, and some of them were people I've seen at other protests and some people I didn't know. Um, so just they were there, they were recording, um, trying to figure out what was going on as well and being there to support. So after um, I was in the back of the truck for a few minutes there, and they first pulled Levi out of the truck, slammed him against the window where I was behind right there holding Cyrus, and they told him he was under arrest. Uh, and then they went around to the other side and arrested my sister. I'm sure many of you have seen the footage there. They said she was under arrest for felony injury to a child, um, which for me, I'm just watching this happen. And um, in the background, okay, my husband's gone. Now my sister's gone. They've got me by myself here with the baby. Um, and, of course, it was, it, it was pretty difficult, uh, definitely stressful, and I was just alone. And praying, like, okay, I got to do the right thing here. And um, just really hoping at that point, um, I felt pretty desperate. And at that point, would have done anything to uh, make sure that Cyrus stayed with me. But um, the officers finally came around to the back, opened the door. Um, I That footage, I've actually never watched again. Um, I did watch the ambulance footage. But uh, what happened first, I didn't really watch it. I just remember... Um, that feeling of desperation and basically trying to talk to the officers, um, do, trying to say whatever I could say um, to make sure that we all went home that night. But they kept trying to ask me to get into the ambulance with the baby. They said they just wanted to check him, take him to the hospital, that I could go with them. I could be with the baby the entire time. And, of course, I was completely fine with that. I said, um, absolutely, I'll go with you to the hospital as long as I'm with the baby. Um I'm okay with all of that. So by the time I finally get into the ambulance, um, one of the detectives walks into the ambulance um, with a sheet of paper and hands it to me and says uh, that Cyrus was under state custody and I needed to hand him over or uh, be taken to jail. So, I mean, at that point, I knew obviously that was not something I could do. I wasn't going to hand him over, especially... Um, I didn't understand nearly as much as what I understand now, but I did know that this was um, there was a lot of child trafficking that happened through here, and that the whole system was corrupt. And um, I know that there's a lot of innocent parents that don't ever get to see their kids again, or it's years. So I could not, knowing even just that information, I could not 
hand him over. Um, and I, after several times of asking, they came over. Um, I believe the officer even said at one point, um, the exact, his exact words, I can't remember, but he said something to the effect of, um, we need to hand him over so no further harm is done to him when we come to take him. And I knew, um, I fully understood what he meant that they would be willing to, you know, even hurt the baby if they had to take him from me, rip him out of my arms. So when they came to take him, I, there was no resistance. I let them take him. So that was a, a smooth transition for the baby. And, um, I just didn't want him to get hurt or dropped, you know, anything like that. Um, but they took him and then arrested me, uh, booked me in Ada County Jail where my sister also was taken. And, uh, at that point it was, wow, it was crazy. It just, everything started happening so fast. Um, somebody told us. Well, and they, confused, they, 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 they confused Miranda for you, right? Your sister. So that's, what, I mean, that's what it, that's what we would believe. But then at the same time, before that all happened, the detective and several officers were on my side of the window asking me questions. Um, so they identified me as the mother got my name, everything, and then went around and arrested her for that. So I think the whole point of that, and they knew she wasn't the mother, but I think the whole point there was just to empty the truck and to isolate me. So that way I was just alone with the baby. Uh, okay. Yeah, that was, uh, the whole thing was just un, un, uncanny. You know, people that know you and your family, I, I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, and I know other people couldn't believe it. And, you know, it, it's a God thing that uh, this happened and you got your son back the way you did. Um, and so thank God and, and people's rights and liberty-loving people that stepped, stood in the gap and, and, and helped you guys out. You guys, have been, you guys have been over the past couple of years at a bunch, like tons of protests with Diego and, uh, you know, just a very, you know, salt-of-the-earth family. So it was just tragic to see that happen to you. But, you know, the state of Idaho maybe didn't know that, uh, we are a very well-oiled machine, ready to, go, to to take this thing to task, and that's what happened. We and 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 got him back, and and so thank God for that. Um, but but I want to bring you know I want to talk about the protest really quick uh, at St. Luke's. We do have a caller on the line, uh, so I want to bring them out in a minute because uh, they've been following your story and they want to ask you questions. But uh, Levi, let's can we bring Levi on real quick. Levi, can you tell us a little bit about what you were what you experienced a little bit, and you, you got public records requests from. St. Hospital. Can you tell us just a little bit, you know, maybe a couple minutes of kind of what happened, your, your thoughts on all that? Yeah, of course. And uh, again, thanks for having us on, Casey. We greatly appreciate it. Um, but yeah, it was it was funny because it was um, like St. Luke's didn't want us to know any of the information about our own son. It was so crazy because every time I would go in to get our medical records for our child, for our Cyrus, Every time I would go in, they would just try to wait me out and wait me out, and I would have to ask four or five times. I'd have to ask for the, the head person to come give me the medical records. Um, it was it was really crazy because um, they even we at one point too, when right? I was oh for hours, and they would just make me sit there for hours. And then after I finally would ask for someone in charge to come and, and talk to me, and I would get pretty serious. Then they would just walk right out with a big stack of medical records, as if they were just trying to wait me out. So it was it was just unbelievable. Um, and at one time they even, like, I was sitting in there right in the corner waiting at, in the front room and they came and they like roped off the whole section with cones as if I was some dangerous person and they didn't want their, their customers or people in the office walking by me. It was just crazy. Um, but we finally got the medical records and they had, um, 
taken every single person's name, every nurse, every doctor, everyone that had um, administered treatment to Cyrus had completely removed their names from the medical records. Um, and we did not know any names of anybody. So they didn't want us to know any of the information. And and also, uh, can you clarify this? So when Ammon Bundy, so the night that baby Cyrus was taken, Ammon Bundy goes to one of the St. Luke's locations where I believe say, baby Cyrus yes. was taken. That's right. Now, I, I heard, I'd heard uh, that uh, they were going to give the baby to a foster uh, family that night. Mm-hmm. Is that right? That's correct. That is correct. Actually, we found that out after we had gotten the medical records and after this was a few days after Cyrus was taken. Um, and we had read in the medical records themselves that they had entered in that a foster family that very night, Friday night, when Cyrus was taken from us, was identified to be handed the baby over to, and they were going to take him and transport him there that very night from the hospital. Um, and so if Ammon had not showed up at the hospital at Meridian St. Luke's when he did, and with other protesters, of course, with him, um, they would have just sent Cyrus right on over to a foster family, and we would have never even known where he was. And we would have literally so, not, I mean, who knows what it would have turned into after that, right? So let me just add some some important details to that for your listeners so they understand how truly wicked what they were doing was and how truly heroic what the People's Rights Network um, at that time, led by Ammon Bundy that night, what they did in terms of really saving baby Cyrus. And that is, the reason they did that is because they get paid. The Idaho Department of Health and Welfare gets paid by the federal government, first for taking the baby, and then a second payment by putting the baby into foster care. So they already got the first payment by stealing baby Cyrus, kidnapping him, and now they're going to give baby Cyrus to, to foster care because they're going to get paid again, and then every single month he stays in foster care, they're going to get continual payments. Not just the foster care family, but the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare is going to make thousands of dollars every single month, them, the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare, in addition to what's being paid to the foster care family. And the reason why it is so nefarious is not just because they're doing it for money and power, but in this particular case, they use the excuse of a legal term that is in the Idaho state statute called imminent danger. The only way that a police officer has the legal right um, and it's still not a true right, but it's in our Idaho state statute to take a baby by force away from his parents is if the baby is in imminent danger and he can only take the baby away from the parents if the parents are the cause of that imminent danger. So the police officer has to have evidence in front of him that the baby is about to die, that death is imminent. He needs to be with a doctor or he's going to die. And that Levi and Marissa are the cause of him being at the point of death. He had no evidence. The evidence didn't exist. It wasn't true. It wasn't real. And they were planning on giving him to foster care within minutes. He wasn't going to stay with a doctor. He wasn't going to stay at the hospital. He was going to the, to the hospital to fill out some paperwork so they can check the boxes on their form and immediately give the baby over to foster care, which is proof that they knew baby Cyrus was not in any imminent danger and they're just a bunch of tyrants. Yeah, and actually in the, um, sorry to cut you off, Casey, but in the medical records, what it actually said that very night after he had been checked out um, at the Meridian St. Luke's, it said that Cyrus was, excuse me, Cyrus was a healthy baby with no medical interventions. This said that very 
explicitly right in the medical records. Right. Not only does it say in the medical records, but now well, that we've reviewed well, the... Quickly, uh, can we, can we clar- clarify real quickly for the listeners, why did CPS get involved in the first place? I don't think we really touched on that too much. Why? What was their reasoning for getting involved? So, go, so, so before, before uh, uh, I'll let Levi and Marissa answer that, but before they answer that, um, let me just remind you that not only did the hospital have that in the medical records that they were going to give him the, the foster care, but we've also now seen the body cam footage. And the body cam footage shows the doctor who attended the Cyrus right then and there saying, this is a perfectly healthy child. So... They knew baby Cyrus was, quote, unquote, perfectly healthy. They knew he was not in imminent danger. The police department knew. The Idaho Department of Health and Welfare knew. And the doctors knew. They all knew, yet they kidnapped him anyway. And this is why everybody needs to recognize it can happen to you, too. Now, Levi and Marissa will explain how and why it first happened in the first place because baby Cyrus was sick and having what's called cyclical vomiting syndrome that they'll explain. But the point is, this can happen to us. It can happen to anybody. And it happens to four people a day in Idaho. And many of their cases are actually more egregious than what happened to baby Cyrus. Yeah, Levi and Marissa, you want to tell us just really quickly, we're going to take a caller here in a second, but just tell us why did CPS get involved? Yeah, so I'll go ahead and give you uh, kind of the long story short. Um, but when Cyrus was around eight months old, he started having some vomiting episodes that we first thought uh, was just a stomach bug, a really bad stomach bug. Uh, but after the episodes continued, um, seemed to be every other week or so, uh, we took him into a naturopathic doctor, a local naturopathic doctor, and also a pediatrician. Um, just different specialists to kind of try to figure out what was going on there. Uh, We assumed also by what the doctors were saying that it was some sort of food intolerance. So we just went on a food elimination diet, uh, and I also went on a very strict diet myself for several weeks um, since I was breastfeeding. And still the episode continued, so we knew, okay, it's not those food things. Um, But... At one point, when we were in the pediatrician's office, uh, he was in the middle of one of his episodes. And so we took him in right when he started vomiting. uh, And they saw him vomiting there. And the pediatrician asked that we take him to the St. Luke's Hospital to keep him hydrated, just to ensure that he stayed hydrated um, through his vomiting, because he vomited quite a bit. Uh, So we took him to the ER, um, St. Luke's downtown, and he was there for four days. While we were there, they just did test after test, so many tests, um, trying to figure out if there were any major issues. And every test came back completely normal, um, just nothing. I mean, there wasn't anything abnormal. Uh, one doctor even came in the room at one point and said, not only are his tests normal, but he actually, you know, they're better than the average baby. He's just a really healthy baby. So um, they used the term perplexed. The doctor said multiple times they were perplexed, couldn't figure out what was going on and what was causing his vomiting. So uh, we were discharged from the hospital there on a Friday, and we just thought, okay, well, you know, now we know there's nothing major. We're going to continue going to our naturopathic doctor, and we'll, we're going to dig deeper to find a root cause. So um, at that point, 
the doctor had set us up with a follow-up, or not a follow-up appointment, but kind of a weigh-in appointment on the following Monday for Cyrus. Went to the weigh-in appointment. The next day on Tuesday, we had um, an appointment with our naturopathic doctor. Then um, on Thursday, we had um, an appointment with his pediatrician, uh, whose name was Aaron Dykstra. And he told us that uh, he asked if we were available the next day to come in for a weigh-in. And he told us, hey, look, you know, I know you guys don't have insurance. I won't even charge you for the appointment because I won't be here. Um, you don't, you won't, you won't see me or anything. You could just have one of the nurses, you know, get Cyrus's weight on the scale just to log it. So we have that. Um, we can see if he's progressing with, um, he had us, uh, adding some formula to his breast milk. So just kind of making it a higher calorie density. So just watching his weight there. Um, and it was that next morning on Friday, um, the appointment was set for 10 o'clock and I woke up with a sore throat and just called in and said, hey, or left a voicemail uh, saying that I was going to cancel the appointment uh, and that we could reschedule for Monday. And then hung up the phone, went back to sleep, hoping to sleep it off. And by the time I woke up, that's when I looked on my phone and um, I had messages from a social worker, um, missed calls. My dad had called uh, Levi and told him that the officer's had already showed up at his door. So, I mean, this happened very quickly. And also we found out later that the, the, uh, it was a nurse practitioner who we were going to, he actually called, um, CPS and made that report 20 minutes after our appointment was due. So he called really quickly afterwards. Um, and everything escalated from there. Okay. Thank you so much for that explanation. That, that we need to, uh, look, real, real quickly, though, if people want to see these videos, they can go to, uh, what is it, uh, Diego, freedomman.org, is that right? Go to freedomman.org. At the top, there is a, a link that says Baby Cyrus, and they can see it all from there. Okay, great. Now, we're going to go ahead and take our, our caller, Tom, who's been waiting for about ha half an hour. So, Tom, I know you're, uh, you've been following this, uh, this topic. Do you have a question for Diego, Levi, or Marissa? In 2001, I was drawn back out of reti retirement with a mother and a grandmother in tears at my door. The state had taken their child, surviving child, was accusing them of the abuse and neglect. And from that point on, about a half a dozen children I've had to get into their cases and turn over the medical crap that they were using as a basis. By the way, Diego, a couple of uh, people have tried to make connection with you and I. Because I've gone through this experience and I expose the perverse incentive provided to CPS through the National Child Welfare Act. Anyway, go to gassingamerica.com and give me a call, would you? I, I have paid the price with my site. I testified to this issue in D.C. 34 million people have been injured by this program, that, which CPS uses to, to steal children. Anyway... Again, go to gassingamerica.com. Go to the phone number at the bottom and please call me. Also, check the symptoms of the babies that I've restored back to their families. It's classical what uh, baby Cyrus went through. Sorry to be pushy, but I know you only have a few seconds. Yeah, we, we have a couple minutes left. Uh, did you have a question for Diego or any of our guests here? Well, I've been through what they've been through. So it's not so much a question, but I'd like to make sure that what I had to identify in pediatric pathology with 
those babies that I got restored to their family might match that with baby Cyrus. That's why yeah, several of my friends, including Ammon. Was this, uh, is this the, the gassing, the off-gassing of, um, from, from, uh, heating or, uh, yeah, heating units in many, like, now, uh, several cases homes? have not even, several cases have not been the manufactured housing industry. They've been standard homes. And every case I've got into, I proved that the babies were being poisoned environmentally. And they had the classic nausea vomiting symptoms that I hear in baby Cyrus's case. And I, I've had people try to get through to Diego, to Levi, and to Marissa, you know, so I would really appreciate them giving me a call from that phone number. Let me see if anything matches. Sure. Like Sounds I say, I've been, in, I've been involved in a, a baby about a baby a year where I've had to go back and get that baby back into the family. With the same nonsense, provoked, you know, provoked by that National Child Welfare Act. By the way, that was scored by Hillary Clinton, 1993. The National Child Welfare Act. It's evil. There is. Oh, by the way, she supplemented that in 1997 with what's called the Adoption and Safe Families Act. Well, that made it so the babies could go to pedophiles. You're talking about okay, trafficking. Jonathan. Yeah. Okay, well, thank Diego you for the, the call, Marissa, please. I know you've been following this. Yeah. Babies are my um, yeah. forte. I took a covenant to save their lives, and I had, I, I had to come back out of retirement to do that in the last two decades. Yeah, well, thanks, well, thank it does you take all of us to, 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 to make a difference. Yeah, thanks for doing. All right, thanks, Tom, for calling Good. in. I really appreciate you. Yeah, you're, you're go to gassing. Of RBN. Go ahead, Tom. Okay, maybe maybe uh, Tom dropped off there. So, uh, you know, Diego, uh, why don't you close this out? Uh, what, like, what, 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 uh, anything else that people need to know before the end of the show? We got a few minutes left. Well, one of the very first, you know, the, the most horrible thing in all of this is when people call, try to contact us, you know, myself, Levi, Marissa, Ammon, et cetera, and they're like, my child is likewise being kidnapped. Can you please help me save our child? And it's, it's so hurtful. It's so painful. We, we, we've been through it, so we understand how hard it is for everybody else. I want to encourage everybody uh, to do, you know, the handful of the following things to prevent this from happening to you. Number one. Uh, don't take your kids to the hospital. I hate to tell you this, but that's what got this all started. Had been, Levi and Marissa had never taken baby Cyrus to uh, the hospital, and, and they look back and recognize it was all a god thing, how this went down, but nevertheless, that's what causes it. Number two, join. My name is John. I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it, and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee that's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumers' house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, 
you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get. And you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. You can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit republicbroadcasting.org today because you can handle the truth.